0: All right, welcome back listeners to Oklahoma Appeals, the podcast. Jana and I are pleased today to have our special guest on the show, Mike Morty, who is the current president of the Oklahoma Bar Association. Mike's an attorney in private practice in Ardmore, where he moved when he was five years old. And in January, he was sworn in in the OBA's first ever virtual oath of office ceremony from his office in downtown Ardmore. He graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 1977 and from Oklahoma City University School of Law in 1980, which was the same year he was admitted to the Bar Association. He began his legal career in Oklahoma City as an assistant district attorney in the Oklahoma County District Attorney's Office. From there, he went to an oil and gas firm in Oklahoma City and then in 1985 returned to his hometown of Ardmore to practice law where he has been doing that ever since, and his current practice focuses on commercial and banking litigation, oil and gas law, and ad valorem tax litigation. Mike, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's a real honor to be asked and to be here with both of you.
2: Yeah, thanks for being on today, Mike. We sure appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit more about your background. It looks like you're on your bio it says that your your dad, your maternal grandfather and your maternal great-grandfather were all lawyers in Ardmore. So, tell our listeners a little bit about what caused you to eventually pursue that same path.
1: Well, I was not particularly encouraged by my father to be an attorney. I of course <laughs> was always around the legal profession. You know, it's a, it's a hard, it's not a hard question, but it's a funny question because I tried to encourage my children to be attorneys and none of them took that path. (laughs) Uh, But but I was just always around it as a child. I watched my father. He helped people. He helped people that were in in tight situations, but he didn't really talk about it a lot. I was just around it. And it wasn't like I was expected to do that in any way, shape or form. When I was in college, I a lot of my friends took the path of going into the oil and gas business. And I, I felt like that's what I was going to do. I interned for an oil company in New Orleans between my junior and senior year. And I just decided that that particularly wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I applied to go to law school and I went to law school. And so I think subconsciously, I watched my father provide legal services to people. He he enjoyed it, had a good time. And that's just the path that I wound up doing. But again, I it wasn't because he even particularly encouraged me. We didn't really even talk about it. It was I was just always around it.
0: Well an internship with an oil and gas company in New Orleans. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Well how did you end up in an internship in New Orleans? <laughs>
1: Well, I was a college student too, so I, I did enjoy myself when I was <laughs>
0: <laughs> But but somehow that time in New Orleans you associated that impression with the, the oil and gas industry and you ran the other direction. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe I had too good of a time.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> well well I know that at one time we're a very active marathon runner. So how many marathons did you did you run in your marathoning career?
1: Well, I, I think I ran eight or nine marathons, you know, and it's, it's funny when I was in college, I started smoking cigarettes and I smoked when I was in law school. And then, and then when I got out of law school and was practicing law, I knew it was not the right thing to do. And so part of my routine to quit smoking was to, was to run. And so eventually that's, I just kept at it and, and started running marathons I enjoyed it because part of the enjoyment was, as attorneys, we all know that you don't really get completion within a very quick period of time in cases that we have. But with the marathon, it was a big thing that you accomplished in one day. And I like to do it at the end of the year, marathons that were in December. And I, it, it was fun to do that and, and accomplish something that was a
0: pretty big accomplishment in, in one day. So did you have a marathon that stands out as your as your favorite? Uh,
1: it was it was always a fun experience. I ran a marathon in Los Angeles with my son once and and we just had a lot of fun. You see a lot of funny stuff along the way. I ran in it, might have been my first, first marathon I ran in, and I I saw and I'd talked to people along the way. My time wasn't particularly very good. And so I was more of a completer than competer. But I ran into a couple of guys. These two gentlemen, they were holding hands and they were singing songs together. and And as I got up to them, uh, one of the guys was blind and the other one was his friend, and they were holding hands and singing songs. And it was it's still a memory that just sticks with me. And it just it just showed real friendship between mankind. And it was just a very it was a very cool experience. And I talked to them, and they they just had big smiles on their face. Hmm.
0: Well, you're not running marathons these days, at least the the kind that you run with running shoes on on roads. I think since you do litigation that sometimes feels like a marathon, I know. Yeah, but,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: And and I know you don't have much time probably for hobbies while you're serving as the OBA president, but what have you replaced marathoning with in terms of interests outside of work and family?
1: I play a little golf and I still work out. I I run a little bit, and and I'm in some exercise classes at the YMCA, and I think it's it's body, soul, and mind keeps you going. And so I I still do some kind of workout so that it clears, it hopefully clears my mind, and I feel good. Which you probably know better than anybody because you've always been in good shape, guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, some sometimes better shape than others, but. <laughs> it's... I enjoy it as well. Okay, so you're the guest, Mike. You're not supposed to be talking about me. Want... No, we want to hear about you. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to hear about <laughs> me. So we talked a little bit about your career path and through a couple of jobs in Oklahoma City before you, you landed down in Ardmore and and have been there ever since 1985. What caused you to get involved in, in OBA leadership and what roles have you had prior to becoming the bar president?
1: well i was I was never involved in any type of bar bar association activities at all, probably until my my children went to college. And I probably before that, I was just busy busy with my work and, and busy with my family, and that was just something that I wasn't, it wasn't part of my routine. And i I got involved through a gentleman that lived in in my area who had served on the board of governors and I felt like that I had been blessed by my occupation that, and the occupation that, that I chose. And I just decided that, that I would get involved and I put my name in to be a member of the board of governors. And that's how I got started. And I have benefited as a practicing attorney because it's been my occupation I've enjoyed it. Uh, there, have been, there have been fun times. There have been some real tough times, but anything I think that's rewarding in life is not going to be easy. So there have been some tough times. But at the end of the day, I have, I've benefited from that, and I
0: just felt like that it was something that I needed to do to, to give back to my profession. So it sounds like you'd been practicing for, what, 20 years or so then before you got involved in the bar? Yes, yes. So I was
1: on the Board of Governors for three years, and I can't tell you off the top of my head when that was. And then I, I was not on it for a year, and then I was asked to be vice president with Bill Conger. And when Conger was, a, was the president, and Conger was just a really cool guy, and I, it was a real honor to be asked by him to be vice president. And then I was done. Somebody asked me if I was going to be president, and I told them that I, I was not. I had felt like I had served enough time. It was somebody else's turn. And then, and then last year, or the year before uh, somebody uh, it was mentioned to me uh, about serving as, as president for this year. And I had, I had been involved in almost 10 years and I just decided that, that uh, again, I would, I would like to, to give back. Uh, as you said, my, my father was an attorney, my, my grandfather, my great grandfather, um, uh, I, I had two brother-in-laws that are attorneys. My brother's an attorney, and I, I just felt, felt like the, that that was a way that I could get
0: back. Well, that's great. It's an example of it's never too late to, to get involved, and you can kind of dip your toe in the water and get involved and, and get uninvolved for a while and then, and then come exactly. back. It's, it's Exactly. Uh, <laughs>
2: Well, that's interesting that you served with Bill Conger. I knew him only as Professor Conger. So oh, yeah. When I was in law school, he was there as the GC and, and moonlighting, doing a couple of classes, teaching a couple of classes. And so he is one of the one of the folks. This is sort of my little story about him um, that I credit with helping me get get the job with Justice courage. So I had him in in a couple of had known him through law school, and so. When when I applied for that position, he, of course, had asked, you know, that's just how he was. What can I do for you all, you know, these youth graduates going, trying to find a job? And so I went in and asked him if he would could, could give her a call, and sure enough, he did. And what was funny, the story that he always told was that it was right when she took office, and so she answered the, her phone herself <laughs> when he called her, and he was like, uh, <laughs> uh so anyway, so... Uh, he yeah, was yeah a, he, was a he was a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, great, a great guy. Great guy cared a lot about this profession. So, well, let's switch gears a little bit. And, if and you, you know, can, I'd add this
1: too. I, you know, you you talk about uh, Bill Conger, and I, I think that was that was part of my decision to maybe run for the president of the bar association. But I'd also worked for a gentleman when I was in law school who was president of the bar association, and he was he was just a great great man. And when I was in law school, one of my professors was running for president. And I remember he told he didn't ask me, he told me I was going to drive him to some a certain local bar association so that he would he would talk to him about voting for him as bar. So <laughs> but the gentleman I worked for was a was a gentleman named Les Connor, who is now deceased, but he was president of the bar association when I worked for him as an intern in law school. And we we remained to be we remained as friends, you know, throughout until until he passed away. But he was a great guy.
2: Well, let's switch gears a little bit here, and if you can, can you just share with some of our listeners sort of the basics of the Oklahoma Bar Association governing structure?
1: Well, we're we're a mandatory bar association. There are some that that are voluntary, but we're we're a mandatory. The Supreme Court, you know, we we serve at the pleasure as attorneys at the pleasure of the Supreme Court. And the John Morse Williams is the executive director. So he's like the CEO of a corporation. The Bar Association, I I think that's analogous to to a corporate board. And we all serve at at the pleasure of the Supreme Court. The House of Delegates are are composed of members of the local of all the bar associations, county bar associations in the state of Oklahoma, and they select delegates to represent them. The delegates meet annually, and they propose certain rules to be adopted to, to govern attorneys in the state of Oklahoma, and those rules are, are proposed to the Supreme Court, which either adopts or, or rejects those. So, yeah, I, I, would, I, I think it's an analogous to a corporation. John Morse Williams, the executive director, would be like the president of the or CEO of the corporation, and he serves at the pleasure of the board of governors, who all serve at the pleasure of the Supreme Court.
2: Well, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit on our podcast, just as we review and discuss cases from the Supreme Court, a lot of people don't understand or or realize, and a lot of lawyers, even like you mentioned, a large part of the Supreme Court's what I would call caseload or docket is reviewing rule changes from the Bar Association. So, you know, rules governing the disciplinary procedures and those types of things. And of course, Bar discipline cases. So, you know, I think, like you said, it's sort of an arm of the Supreme Court, the Bar Association is, but everything funnels up to to the court and, and they sort of sit, you know, as the approving Governing body for for lawyers. So, anyways, that's just my little note there. <laughs> they they do a lot, you know. This the court has, has has a pretty sizable docket coming from the bar association. So, can you tell us a little bit about what priorities you had coming in as as the OBA president, or if you had any kind of an agenda or any any items in particular that you wanted to see come to fruition?
1: Well. When when I became president, it was during the, the COVID pandemic, I felt like there were a lot of people that were suffering financially. And I say people, there were a lot of attorneys that suffered financially because attorneys that practiced domestic law and criminal law weren't able to go to court. You know, there were a lot of doors were closed. People were working remotely. And I just felt like that we needed to look at, at things that would help attorneys financially during the pandemic, and I, I hate to even talk about the pandemic because probably like you all you're you're tired of hearing about it, but it, I think it had adverse financial effect on on attorneys, and so there are a lot of benefits that the Oklahoma Bar Association has available for members that are that are free or all gratis, and so I felt like we needed to communicate those those benefits to the membership and remind them that they were there. So that they knew that the bar was there to help them during that time, to help them with saving time and saving some money, and that that the bar association w- was not just limited to collecting dues from everybody, but in fact you, you receive benefits that are available to you as a member of the Oklahoma Bar Association. So that was that was my goal was to and it is my goal to try to communicate those benefits. The bar has disseminated these through the courts and more and other emails one minute infomercials for me that remind everybody of of these different benefits that are available to the membership and I try to cover one during each of these little minute infomercials and they call it minutes with Morty or something I don't know but (laughs) anyway there are and I and I'd be happy to talk Talk to you about some of those real quick, if you'd like to.
2: Yeah, go ahead. You've got uh, more than a minute here on our podcast, so. <laughs> and, Your infomercial for us the, here, Mike. And, and the reason I
1: <laughs> felt like it was important to share these was that most of these I didn't know anything about when I sure you know I started my position as president elect last year, and again I I feel like that we are providing services as attorneys to. To the public. And we're also, this is our occupation. So we don't have a lot of time to, to dig through the Bar Association website and to research these things. So I tried to just provide little bits of information about, about these various benefits. And again, I it's interesting because I didn't know about them. And so I'm excited to purvey those to the membership. The first thing that I have found that's interesting that's available for free through the Bar Association is a research tool called FastCase. And FastCase is, there's, there's a person that's in the background there, She, my air conditioning is not working, so they're working on that right now. Uh, so FastCase is a research tool that's offered through the Oklahoma Bar Association, and it's really a good research tool. I have always used a third-party provider, and I probably, like a lot of people, I spend four or five hundred dollars a month on that. Well, Fastcase is free, and it has it has all the state and federal courts that are available with all the state and federal court decisions uh, and all the statutes, and so you can research those. I can't explain how it works, but but it works like the other third-party. I'm not going to try to explain how it works, but it. But it's like the other third-party providers that are out there that you have to pay for, but it's free. And if you go to the Oklahoma Bar Association website and you go to MyOK okay Bar, which is a type of personal platform, you'll see a link to FastCase. And you can go to that and there are some instructional videos. There's an interview between Jim Calloway and the gentleman that started FastCase helps you start figuring out how it works. But anyway, I, I would encourage everybody to look at that. I am personally looking forward to the end of my contract with the third-party provider that I have so that I can terminate that and not have to pay in the case for free. <laughs> so that's one thing that's available that that's a really great tool. In, insofar as time-saving, if you go to the Oklahoma Bar Association website and go to MyOKBar, okay and look over on the right-hand side of that link, you'll see MCLE and CLE. Well, MCLE is, it will show you how many hours mandatory CLE that you've accomplished and how much more that you need. And I I had a person here in my office, that, an assistant that would keep track of mine for me. And, and then at the end of the year, say, hey, you need to jump back in because you're lacking. And now the Bar Association keeps track of that for you. So that's a real time saver. There is an OBA CLE link that will show continuing legal education, the the ones that have been had, that have been recorded, and then some upcoming CLEs that will be live. And again, that's a a real time-saving tool because back in the old days, at the beginning of the year, you would receive a catalog which would show all the CLEs (laughs) that were coming up and and you'd go through there and try to docket ones that were of interest to you. And it seemed like it was always a shuffle and you're always looking for the catalog. Now, all you do is just go to that link and see what's coming up or what's already been recorded so that you can swing back around and see that. There's another real interesting tool that's available to members of the Oklahoma Bar Association and it's called HIN, Hein, H E I N, Hein Online. And it is a search engine that keeps all of the Oklahoma Bar Association, Bar Journal articles that have ever been written since 1930. And again, that's one of those things that I'm embarrassed to say. I had no idea what that was until the beginning of the year. And I started looking at these benefits and it's just a real amazing thing. And I used it about a month ago and was doing some research and you just use natural language like you do, like you do with Westlaw. And all these articles will pull up that are by topic insofar as that what you're looking for. So it's just a really great tool. And again, that's something that's something that is a benefit that's not charged, that's free to the membership. And I I was going to say, I used it about a month ago, and I found two articles that were exactly on point. So it saved me a lot of, it saved me a lot of time and effort. This seems real rudimentary, but I, again, it, I did not know that it existed, but it's called find a lawyer and you enter your name. Again, you go to the Oklahoma Bar Association, you go to the my okay bar link and you will see a find a lawyer sign up and you put your name in there and your geographical area where you practice and the, the areas of the law that that are maybe your expertise or your specialty, and you put those in there. And the receptionist at the Bar Association, I've been told, receives phone calls all day long of people on the streets that are looking for attorneys. She's not going to make any recommendation, but she will tell people that call in to go to find a lawyer. And so if you don't register, if you don't sign up, uh, you're not going to be there and you might miss some referrals. So Again, that's a really great tool, and I think it's real important that everybody participates in that and, and puts their name in the hat. The Oklahoma Bar Association has an ethics council, and his name is Richard Stevens. Richard's a, a, a great guy, smart guy, but you can informally call him if you have an ethical question to talk to him, and he will talk to you about it. He might be able to answer it right then, or he will look into it further and then get back with you. That that is something that saves you time because you're not going to have to spend the time yourself to research it. You can call somebody else and get some help. So that again is a is a really good benefit if you don't know about that. Again, that's Richard Stevens at the Ethics Council. I'm sure he's going to love me disseminating his name further because he stays busy all day long answering questions. The the last thing I might mention is. There is a program called Lawyers Helping Lawyers, and it is contracted with a company called A Chance to Change. And it offers six hours of counseling that's, again, that's free through A Chance to Change. And it's not just limited to alcohol and drug abuse, but gambling, depression. Unfortunately, attorneys are are people like anybody else in society. Mankind is suffering from has always suffered from a lot of issues. And so a chance to change through the Lawyers Helping Lawyers will provide you six hours of free counseling. And the important thing to know is it's totally confidential. Nobody's going to know that you called. I promoted that in an article that I wrote to the Bar Association. And somebody wrote back, wrote a real endearing email to me about a close relative that did not get involved with Lawyers Helping Lawyers because they felt like that their colleagues would find out that they had sought help. I, I think especially right now in, in our in, in these times people are more accepting and and I actually think that it shows some strength that you're able to to reach out to someone for help, especially help that you might need in so far as counseling. and I also tell you this, the person the on with a chance to change between the last chance to change in Uh, the Bar Association, Lawyers Helping Lawyers, told me that they provide counseling for divorce or issues that you might have in your marriage. So again, that's I I think it's a really good benefit and I hope that everybody would avail themselves if they need that.
0: Well that's great, Mike. And those are a lot of wonderful benefits of membership of the Bar Association. And you you covered a lot of them and you know I know there are even more. So it, it really is amazing what the bar offers for the relatively modest dues that we pay every year yeah most most people think about the bar as oh if i hear from the bar then i'm you know that's not a good thing usually if it's uh you know somebody filed a bar complaint or it's a disciplinary issue Uh, but that's really just one it's an important part of the function of the bar but it's only one aspect of it and there's a whole another aspect of the bar that is all about member service and trying to help lawyers and providing lots of benefits and again we we pay pretty modest bar dues for all the services that are available. We do. Uh, so. they
1: there. That's well said. There, I believe that they are, they are modest. But I just felt like it was important to disseminate those services that are available, so that everybody would not just know that they were there, but realize they are not just paying dues for. Just not just paying dues and, and not getting a benefit from
0: them. Yeah. Well, if there's if there's one listener who learns about one benefit that is helpful to them, then then we've done our job today, I guess.
1: <laughs> it's a one starfish that we saved.
0: That's right. That's right. So well, what has been the most surprising thing about being OBA president that you weren't expecting or that bar members would be surprised to learn about the job of OBA president?
1: Well, I I feel like I've learned in in, in serving the Bar Association that we really have a great bunch of members. Lawyers are, are, there's a lot of collegiality out there. We get upset with each other. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to take care of each other and lawyers are willing to to help and to help the Bar Association. And I I talked to Jan about serving on a board and I didn't have followed up, but I'm going to, but it's amazing there are a lot of different committees of the Oklahoma bar association as you all are aware and it's been my responsibility to fill a lot of those committees but everybody that i've reached out has been really good and and willing to serve and it's just really it's it's very encouraging to know that i think by virtue of that you realize everybody is there for the other guy and i use the guy generically and i've i've received some nice words from from people and judges just thanking me for my service. And I feel like I haven't done much, but it's, but it's nice to receive encouragement and gratitude like that. So I I appreciate that. But again, I, I think one of the, one of the greatest things that I've seen is just everybody's willingness to willingness to serve.
0: What's been your favorite part about being the OBA president so far? I guess you're about halfway through the the term. What's so, <laughs> been the most enjoyable thing so far?
1: Oh, it's just been connecting with other attorneys. I, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed that, and I've I've been blessed that, that I've had cases in a lot of different places, and and that's always been fun to get to go to court in different different locations and in different venues. But there there are younger lawyers in my office now, and, and a lot of them go to those places, and and so I I have missed being with other lawyers and. And so, uh, I think that aspect reconnecting with, with other attorneys like you—I've connected with you a long time, so it's good to see you.
0: Yeah, good to see you. I think we served together on the Bar Foundation board probably yeah. about ten years ago or so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs>
1: time flies when you're having fun.
0: That's right.
1: But anyway, it's been a—it's been a real honor to serve as the Bar Association president, and I've appreciated everybody's help.
2: I know we've kind of been. Everybody's hasn't started meeting back in person until recently. The Canadian County Bar Association just held their first in-person meeting a couple of weeks ago. Have you or are you going to plan to get out to some of those Bar Association meetings, the County Bar Association meetings, if possible?
1: I, I'm actually going to go to Pittsburgh County on Thursday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And the Board of Governors hasn't met in person, but we are going to meet next next Friday for the first time in person. i from the city at the Bar Association Center. So that'll be exciting.
2: Well, good. Well, maybe the second half of your year will be a little bit more traditional, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense. So, Well, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want our Oklahoma lawyer listeners to know about the OBA or any closing thoughts that you might have?
1: Well, I just want everybody to, again, you, you hate to, we're all... We're all working hard providing services to to society. And you just, I hate to say I get tired of getting emails. I think we all get, get email awards.
2: It's okay. Sometimes. This is a safe place, Mike, to say
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if you'll go to the Oklahoma Bar Association website and spend a few minutes when you can and and go to my okay bar and look at these, look at the links and look at some of these benefits that are available. There really are some good ones in the fast case and the Hein online. And somebody told me what Hein did for it, some gentleman's name. I can't remember who he was. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's a, those are really good research tools that, that are available to us as attorneys that are provided for free to members of the Bar Association. So I hope everybody will try to avail themselves of those.
0: A fast case alone is worth way more than the dues you pay every year, so yeah,
1: take advantage
0: yeah. of it. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. I know that service for the bar is time-consuming, and there are, is no position more time-consuming than the president. I know it's a big, heavy lift, and so the members certainly appreciate it. I know we appreciate it, and are happy that you're the ambassador for Oklahoma Attorneys, at least for, for the rest of this year, and we, we thank you for your time and service, and thanks for joining us on the podcast.
1: Well, I, I appreciate your Janet, your service, and Gabe, and, and it's an honor to have been asked to participate in this with
0: both of you. Hi, everyone. This is Gabe again. To find show notes, contact the host, and more, go to OklahomaAppeals.com. Also, if you're interested in the things we cover on this show, then you should follow us on Twitter, at Oklahoma Appeals, where we post court news and other items of interest for Oklahoma lawyers. Okay, Janet and I will be back with a new episode every other Wednesday. So until next time, bye-bye.